Today, we have to talk about some bad news again. Bruce Hansbach, the Beltrami County Environmental Services Lake AIS Tech, is in to talk about zebra mussels on Big Lake. We'll also talk a little bit about Starry Stonewart on Leech, even though that's not in Beltrami County. And we'll have fun talking with Jared Houston of Houston's Guide Service on Twin Ports Fishing. It's all coming up on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. We once again have Beltrami Environmental Services AIS Lake Tech Bruce Onspot back with us. Bruce, we, uh, we're seeing you every week now, it seems like. I know. That's, you would think it's a good thing, but <laughs> maybe not. That's the thing. You're one of those people nobody wants to see, right? Yeah. That's kind of like when I was doing a survey on a lake. I was running into some people and I said, I'm doing a good day. I didn't find what I'm looking for. <laughs> that is well, yeah. I mean, I, I always say you know you want a good mecha- you want a great mechanic and a great doctor, but you never want to have to see either of them. Yep. So. <laughs> well, Bruce, uh, unfortunately, we're talking about yet another lake that has uh, AIS in it. This time, it's Big Lake, and it's zebra mussels. And Big yep. Lake is I don't know is it technically part of the Cass Lake chain? Uh, it goes into Cass Lake, but you can't get up to it through water uh there's a like a little creek but it's pretty heavily overgrown and stuff so you can't take a boat up okay from andrusia but i suppose zebras could get in through that way well no because they can't swim up river oh they they have to and really they don't swim anywhere they can reorientate themselves in the water but they go wherever the current takes them so in this case probably came on via a boat Yep, and it's really close to other infested water bodies. So one of the things we look at when we see a new infestation in the area is that the lakes right around that new infestation become infested. And it's just because of the short travel time and a bunch of... And it it takes more than one introduction. So a bunch of introductions happen probably, you know, very small quantities of water, one or two here, one or two there, but over accumulation, you get a large quantity of young, and then they start a new population. So, Bruce, give us the, 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 the how this all played out. Okay. So the way this played out is um, since Cass Lake and Andrusia and the Cass Lake chain is infested, uh, we were kind of keeping an eye on Big Lake, Um and then we had a very reliable report of a zebra mussel being found by a scuba diver in Big Lake. And that was last year. Um, but we didn't have a sample, didn't have a picture. It was just, you know, he's saying he found it. And, it, he, you know, he's a scuba diver, so he probably knows what he's looking for. Uh, but both me and Nicole, couldn't, Nicole from the Minnesota DNR, couldn't find any zebra mussels. We did go back into the lake, look around, and the guy that originally found it, actually did some more diving, and he couldn't find any more either. So then 
this year, I did some snorkeling out around the Big Lake access area, and I found a lot of habitat for zebra mussels, but I couldn't didn't find any zebra mussels. And then uh, Nicole also did some snorkeling in the area. She didn't find any. And then on a Saturday afternoon, one of my inspectors found a zebra mussel on a native mussel right next to the dock. Mm. So we we pulled that sample and got pictures of it, gave it to Nicole. She said, yep, definitely zebra mussels. <laughs> so she came up uh, like two days later and looked around, and she was able to find one zebra mussel on a native mussel right near the access. Okay. So then it was designated, of course, as infested. And it was very highly threatened by zebra mussels, and the Lake Association actually paid some more money for us to be there more, and we also put some extra hours there this year to start off with, and now we have extra just to talk to people and make sure they're aware that it is infested. So that's how it all laid out and how basically most infestations that we find happen. If someone reports them, then we go out and look and see what we can find. So at this point, we've only actually put eyeballs on a couple of them. Yes. But what does history tell us? Well, once we find some adults... Uh, history tells us that it's going to accumulate to be more and more and more zebra mussels until you get them totally encrusted on your docks. Any water intake pipes are going to be starting to get clogged up. And you're going to see, eventually, you will see zebra mussel shells wash up on the shoreline. That's what normally happens. But each lake is a little different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't know how much... um, area that the zebra mussels can populate in Big Lake because I haven't really looked at the bottom of the lake if there's a lot of rock habitat or a lot of other stuff that zebra mussels can just take off really fast um, but if there is and I think there is from when I was snorkeling there looked, I found a lot of outcroppings of rocks and things that zebra mussels could attach to so I'm thinking it's going to take off, but we probably won't see it for three to four years, maybe, where people won't see any zebra mussels on anything until that time has passed, and then you might start seeing one or two here and there. And there's, once it's in, there's not, at this point, there's nothing you can do for that lake. Yep. You can't even slow, you can't even really slow it down once it's in the lake, right? Yeah, at this point, yes. Uh, There was a research done a little bit on a low-dose copper treatment on Lake Minnetonka to see what would happen because the weak point in zebra mussels' life cycle is that villager, that young that's floating or free-floating around in the water. And they, you know, they're, I like to say you look at them cross-eyed and they keel over dead. Okay. So it's, they're real fragile. So what they're doing is they were doing a very low-dose copper treatment in Lake um, Malax. Is it Malax or Minnetonka? Malax. And uh, to see if they could drop the villager population. So that way there wouldn't be so many colonizing. And it seemed to work really well from the preliminary results I've seen. But I haven't seen the final paper on it yet. And it I mean, it gives us a little bit of hope, but we're adding, you know, a chemical to the water body, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, 
you kind of have to watch for that, even though it's a very low dose. So it didn't look like it affected any of the other natural life in the water body, but it was all preliminary. The results I saw were all preliminary, so it's, you know, you can't really say yes or no on it, but it gives us a little bit of hope. So as far as uh, Big Lake goes, uh, is it like most of the other waters on the Cass Lake chain pretty clear to begin with? Yep. Yeah, it's pretty clear to begin with. Um, and it's a nice fishing lake. I know that. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're talking to the people. So, uh, but, you know, the zebra mussels will change the ecology. And then they're going to change how people have to react to the lake and use the lake. So uh, the big thing is just for at least for recreational boating and fishing, uh, not much really changes. I mean, you're going to have to change the way you fish it and everything else as time goes on. But the real change is for bait harvesting or any appropriation of that water is where the big change is because now it's labeled as an infested water body. So the bait harvesters have to follow special procedures and other things like that. So why everyone else just has to do what they should be doing everywhere else is clean, drain, and then dry if you're going to or flush out if you're going to go to another water body within four days. Yeah, I mean, if you're on any of these lakes, that's yeah. that's it's imperative on you to do that now. Yeah, it is because we we have we've gotten quite a few infestations now in Beltrami County, and it's just a matter of checking your equipment, making sure that you're not transporting any mud or plants or anything like that, and then flushing out your live wells and bilges when you're going to another water body within five days and you can't let it dry. And the reason we say that is because on some of the bigger boats, you have lines that run underneath the deck. And even if you're not using your live well, that line will fill with water, which will get zebra mussel villagers in it or it could pull a plant in there. And then it doesn't necessarily drain very well because, you know, it has like a little dip or something or the way the boat sets on the, the um I forgot the name of the uh, thing that carries boats. Oh, trailer. <laughs> trailer. There we go. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I just had that happen to me the other day. Uh, but, yeah, so the way it fits on the trailer, it could be leaning a little bit forward. So we just want people to get that water out of there. And the way to do that is by pouring more water through the live wall. Okay. So, Or you can come to our decon unit and we can back flush it too. So, Yeah, I went into AC the other day and I could not think of the word tarp. Yeah. The word tarp. I've only used it millions of times in my life. Yeah. Anyway, those things happen. Um, Okay, so this is where we're at. You do have a cleaning um, place here in Beltrami County, correct? We do. Uh, It's on call, and it takes us like 15 minutes to set it up. So what you do is you just call us on our decon phone, and the decon operator will run out to the site and meet you there. And get it all set up and do a free watercraft decontamination, which actually sounds more than what it actually is. Because <laughs> basically what we do is we flush out everything with hot water. Uh, very rarely do we actually use the high-pressure spray that most people think of the watercraft decontamination, just because we're not removing stuff. Uh, the high-pressure is really just to remove things. Uh, what we try to do is we try to kill things. So we will pull put some hot water through your live well, flush out your engine with warm water, not anything over 100 degrees because that's what engines run at usually. 
And that and for engines, we're really just worried about the water that's down in a lower unit that gets up to the pump. Mm. So okay. everything after that goes through the engine, which is hot, and it will kill villagers and chop up anything else that's in there. So we're just worried okay. about that last chunk. Okay, so um, so that's how you take care of that, and mm-hmm. it doesn't take very long, I'm guessing. It doesn't. No, I, I think the longest thing is getting there. <laughs> So and it's behind Target, so it's between Target and the middle school, okay. and our decon phone number, which I don't know off the top of my head, but I can find out really quick for you. Okay, <laughs> I'll put it. On, I'll put it on pause. All right, we're off pause. What's the number? So our watercraft decontamination phone line is two one eight seven six zero eight five one nine. Okay, and we're open from ten to six every day, unless someone gets sick. That's another reason why you want to call. And then you can also, if you wanted to, you can go online, and and that will give you a website where all the free watercraft decontaminations are in the the state. And there's quite a few of them now because the counties have them and the DNR have quite a few. So they're they're pretty widespread. It's just a matter of knowing where they're at and knowing to go use them. That is at DNR dot state dot mn dot us dnr dot state dot mn dot us do these units i mean do they have advantages to us just running hot water through uh they do uh they have hotter water than what you could normally get because if you want to kill an adult zebra mussel you need to get up to 100 well you can do it at 140 degrees we'll kill an adult zebra mussel in 10 seconds okay so we do have that we do have the ability to flush out um engines which some people might not have that ability to do. Uh, the other thing, someone that can't get to one of these decon units is they can flush out with normal hot tap water, which usually runs about 120 degrees. Um, and that will work too. You just have to put more in and a little bit longer. So, But if you're not trying to, if you don't see anything on your watercraft and you're just flushing out, hot tap water work, works wonders. And one of the things that uh, I didn't think of, but uh, someone showed me, is what they did is they took a gallon of water, stuck it in the windshield, and let the sun heat it up. So when they came off the water body, they poured that water through their live well because they knew they were going to another water body oh. right after lunch. They came out to go eat lunch, and they are going to another water body right after. So, And they learned it from one of my inspectors. So that even nope. made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a lot more to come with Bruce Onspock. We'll even delve into the Leech Lake Starry Stonewort situation later on in the show. But up next, how's the fishing in Duluth Superior? Pretty good, according to Jared Houston of Houston's Guide Service. We'll talk with him next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi... Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. 
Great to hear once again from Jared Houston of Houston's Guide Service, uh, Twin Ports Fishing in the Duluth Superior area. Great to have you back, Jared. Thanks for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me, Beaver Nation. Glad to be back. Your old stomping grounds and your old football team had their war on the shore fishing tournament last weekend, and you could make it. Oh, man. You know, one of these years i got to get down there. Coach Fulpe is always kind of sending me a note, and we've actually donated some stuff over the, you know, it's a young tournament, but... Uh, yeah, it's getting to the point where there's no more excuses. So uh, I'll be there maybe next year. Well, Jared, uh, one of the things uh, that's been going on is a really stable walleye bite. Uh, it's been a weird year weather-wise from even before the opener. Uh, but despite it all, it's been a really stable, solid walleye bite uh, throughout our area. Uh, how about yours? Yeah, it really has. You know, with all the hot weather and stuff, you would think that we're kind of, uh, you know, diving into dog days kind of early. But uh that's just not the case. We're staying on a nice pattern and putting some nice fish topside. It's been really good. What uh, What are they wanting, and where are you finding them? Well, our program hasn't changed all that much, except for, you know, we got long, hot days, so it's best to be out there before all the recreational boaters are out early morning or later afternoon, you know, those low-light periods. Um, kind of speed trolling has kind of been the best for uh, getting fish to go and covering some water, but, you know, all the same, we're getting them fan-casting, uh, hard baits and and uh, even jig even jigging for them. So I mean, it's, you kind of pick your poison. Where have you been fishing? Well, you know me. I mostly love the St. Louis River. Mm-hmm. That being said, we have moved uh, to the inland reservoirs quite a bit, and we're actually picking up some nice fish on the South Shore of Lake Superior. So there as well, kind of pick your poison. Um, if you go on Lake Superior, it can be a little bit more of a gamble, but the river is a little bit easier to fish, uh, and, and likewise with the inland lakes, it's a little bit easier to. To, uh, you know, pick your cliche walleye spots, you know, wind-driven points, rocks, transitional areas, and uh, that's kind of where we've been uh, swinging, uh, swinging baits. Okay. Um, so uh, the the Duluth Superior area is a unique area with a big lake like Lake Superior, and you mentioned the St. Louis River. Um, give us just kind of a rundown of, of what it's like over there. Yeah, well, let me tell you a little story about what just happened this last week. And I had the father-in-law on the boat, and uh, we're fishing in three feet of water. Water temps were extremely warm at 75 degrees for the St. Louis River. That's you know that could be kind of warm, and uh, it's real kind of brown milk chocolate water. You can't see a thing in front of you, but they go off of their uh, uh, motion. They can feel and they can smell. It's not really a sight thing. And we actually put a lot of fish in the boat including one that ticked over 30 inches, and that was a nice memory for my father-in-law because he, he hadn't caught one like that for years and years, he said. Um, he's from Ohio, so Lake Erie's his baby when he was growing up, and it was nice for him to explore uh, you know, the estuary system in the St. Saint Louis River and Lake Superior and get, get some nice fish out on this, this side of the fence, so pretty fun. We hear a lot about Lake Superior fish, but I don't usually hear that much about walleyes. It's usually those big old lake trout. You know, and and that's 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 a lot of truth to that. And what uh, people don't realize is on the South Shore of Lake Superior, it's really no different than any of the big walleye factories in Minnesota, Malax, uh, Leech Lake, and and all the other ones. It's it's kind of a shallow, gradual basin. It doesn't drop off hundreds and hundreds of feet like you would think Lake Superior does. Um, that's on the South Shore, from Superior all the way to Ashland, uh, kind of hugging Wisconsin there. It's a lot of walleye, and, and the kicker is when you go walleye fishing out there is the trout. And if you go to the North Shore, you know, you get trout, and the kickers would be a walleye on that side of the, side of the, thing, uh, side of the fence. But it's, uh, it is a unique bite, and um, it's often uh, not talked about, and we like to explore it for sure. 
Tell me a little bit about some of those uh, reservoirs you've been fishing. Yeah, so both on the Wisconsin side, the flowages, you know, the Minong flowage has been really good. We're getting a lot of bass and some really, really big panfish are, are kind of going. And it's been nothing more than uh, simplicity fishing. So what I mean is uh, a 16th ounce jig and a third of a night crawler and just kind of pitching up the shorelines. You know, you get off to the dock and people kind of uh, gun to a, across the lake and they look for a spot. I like to get off the dock and just go right to the shoreline and just make my way in a circle, you know, right around the perimeter of the whole lake. And, and uh, it's been good for both the, the reservoirs north of Duluth, you know, the boulders, uh, the islands and the, the fish lake, as well as, well as white face. And then Wisconsin, you know, we got the Minong Flowage and, of course, the Chippewa Flowage. And, uh, and then the Chain of Lakes, the Pike Chain out in Iron River. I mean, everything's got a lot of uh, culture going on, and, and we're catching bass, pike, uh, uh, you know, walleyes on occasion, but it's mostly been, uh, you know, a great, great panfish bite going on in the inlands. Okay. Um, bass, you mentioned bass. Boy, that is a fish that has gained a lot of popularity here in our area in the last five years or so. More and more people bass fishing all the time. Yeah, you know, my take on it, uh, Kevin, is that it's just, it's got a lot of uh, draw to the younger generation, and I think the reason why, I mean, you know, we all cut our teeth catching bass. I mean, it's, it's easy to catch them, and they're 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 just numerous. And the culture of it is the catch and release. So there's always going to be a lot of bass in a lake. And um, and you know, there again, it's kind of pick your poison. How do you want to catch bass today? Do you want to use top water? Do you want to you know throw some chatter baits? Do you want to use spinner baits, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And you know, for me, my favorite kind of bass fishing is definitely the fast current, rocky, hard bottoms for some smallmouth or bronze backs. Lake Superior's got uh, one of the most dy- dynamite smallmouth fisheries in the world in Schwamigan Bay, and those are the, those are the kind of bass we like to ch- chase around here. Okay, yeah, we we've got uh, more and more smallmouth uh, up in our area as well, and of course, plenty of largemouth. And boy, just uh, all from Brainerd all the way up, uh, it's just a, a ton of great bass lakes. And of course, when there's bass in the lake, there's often you know crappies and 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 uh, sunfish too. So. Um, those yeah. are all active fish that like to bite. You know, and I, I just did some work with Northland Fishing Tackle where we uh, uh, kind of dove into the new lures that will be coming out for next year for bass, walleye, and everything else. Um, but some of those bass lures are really, really cool, very innovative, and I'm looking forward to sharing those with the world. And, and, and I know the guys from Northland are too, and, and that's going to be a heck, of a heck of a draw and a heck of a, a very uh, uh, great bait for everybody to utilize. What do most of your clients want to fish for? Well, the state fish of Minnesota is still walleyes. You know, people come up here, and, you know, we get a lot of drop for lake trout and stuff like that, but there's always a ton of people that want to go fishing walleyes, and that's where I found my niche in my area of the world is to bring them out and uh, go, go, go for old marble eyes. <laughs> well, you know, it is, uh, yeah, we are famous for that, and they are a delicious fish, no doubt about it, um, and, and people love to fish for them, but... You know, I talk to guides and they say they love it when they get people who say, I just want the rod to bend because that makes yeah. life a lot easier. <laughs> well, those are the best kind of clients, the ones that say, we just want to go catch fish. We don't care what it is. And, and generally speaking, this time of year when people do that, we're going to go catfishing. I mean, boy, do we get on a nice catfish bite around here when the summer is uh, heating up and stuff like that. And, and they're biting right now. But you know, like we started talking about, the walleyes are definitely the most dominant species in our estuary system, and uh, there's still a lot of them to be caught. So it's uh, it's actually pretty easy right now. Wow. So um, 
what are some of the fish that you have over there that that we we don't have in our neck of the woods here in Bemidji? Yeah, you know, we got obviously we talked about the trout and the salmon of Lake Superior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this: we got some really really cool underrated uh, stream fishing. Um, you know, when I went to school in Bemidji, I didn't get the opportunity to go brook trout fishing that much or, or catch some rainbows and and brown trout and little streams. Well, around here we got that, and I just got off a trip with my family on the Brule River where we went down and we cast little spinners and we caught the heck out of brook trout. And, and, you know, they're not very big, but when you're using light gear, you know, light, ultralight rods and small little spinner baits, it sure can be a lot of fun to catch 11, 12-inch brook trout through a little stream. Is there any particular weather they like? Yeah, well, right now I think the weather we all want or like is some rain. <laughs> I know our, our water levels are kind of low around here, and I'm, I'm assuming they're the same most places. And, uh, you know, not just to get the water levels up, but to create some more oxygen, get those, uh, you know, those oxygen levels going, and that, that'll help a lot of things. Um, you know, I'm hoping, I think we all are kind of crossing our fingers. We do need the rain, that's for sure. Yeah, we definitely do. We're here as well, lake levels are very low. A lot of people having problems getting on lakes and getting their boats going. Um, yep. That's that's the immediate problem. But, again, it, it can be really drastic for fish, uh, particularly if uh, winter comes and, uh, you know, we still have low lake levels and the oxygen, as you mentioned, the oxygen could be a huge issue. It's a critical thing around here, for our, especially for our reservoirs, because those are man-managed water levels and they're so low right now that you, you hit the nail on the head it's hard to get your boat on there and if ice comes and we don't have a bunch of rain boy that's going to be a really really different kind of uh, uh deal and 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 we don't want to see that so hopefully uh nature uh plays her role and we'll get back to normal here uh, toward the end of the summer anything else going on in that area that uh, that you need to tell me about Gosh, well, there's always stuff going around in the country. You know, one of the coolest things about living in Duluth Superior is we live in the tourist uh, industry, and uh, we get to see and meet a lot of people coming from out of town. And if you uh, ever get the chance to come here and do your sightseeing, don't forget about the opportunities we have for fishing. Again, the streams, Lake Superior, St. Louis River, the foliages, the reservoirs. It's a lot of different uh, cultures you can uh, uh, explore, and uh, it's just a whole lot of fun, Kev. It really is. Again, it's it's a little bit different than our area. A lot of the same species, but different types of waterways. Um, what would people here find uh, the most surprising or the most different? I think they would. Re- you know, I've said it with you before. We've talked about it. You know, fishing the St. Louis River is uh, if you can picture the bayou. You know, New Orleans. Uh, what what John Fogarty from CCR always sings about, right? Mm-hmm. Down in the bayou. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's what the St. Louis River estuary is. That's the bayou of the Great Lakes and especially Lake Superior. It's very shallow fishing and it's very very fun. I mean, you do you know that thirty inch walleye I was mentioning a little bit ago? We caught that doing a technique called the spider crawl, where we don't put up planer boards. We just have a ten foot six rod off the side of the boat, and the water's not clear, so you can't see uh, anything. But in three feet of water and 10 feet off the side of the boat, had I been in a clear water situation, you would have been able to see all the fish we were catching. So to be able to just drive over the top of them and yet still catch them, that's one of the most unique situations that we have around uh, that I can think of anywhere. So a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, a lot of fun to uh, uh, show people uh, that kind of technique and, and, and catch fish that way. Jared, thinking about our lakes in the in the Bemidji area, in the Brainerd area, um, thinking about those lakes, what should we be doing when we go out fishing right about now? What should we bring with us? Where should we be yeah, searching? You know, 
yeah, so some of the lakes we got are, you know, that are kind of outside our area here that are a little similar to your, your uh, waterways there. We're going to start to see some green water uh, take hold, right? We're going to see the algae blooms and stuff like that. And we'll start to go deeper, and uh, for good reason. Those fish are already started kind of uh, moseying on to some deeper, cooler water, um, not just because of the water temperatures and stuff like that, but just the just to, you know, kind of hang dormant. And that's going to be the start of uh, dog days, which is just around the corner now. And those are the air, those are the areas that I would look to fish. I mean, I'm going to do some deep trolling and some deep jigging. You know, I'm, I'm talking, you know, 20, 25, maybe 30 feet of water. It's really important when you're fishing that deep of water to make sure you're taking your time bringing these fish up and not stressing them out too much because with the weather and the hot water and stuff like that, they are very vulnerable to uh, uh, mortality. So... Um, if you do find yourself catching some fish in deep water, you know, take your time bringing them in, you know, do a fast, quick grin and grip and release that baby back in the water so she swims, uh, she she swims strong. That'll be, uh, that'll be the uttermost important. All right. Hey, Jared, if people want to head over your way and uh, experience some of that unique fishing you have, uh, how do they get a hold of you to get something set up? Yeah, you can find us on the internet, uh, com. You can uh, find us on our social media platforms, our Insta and our Facebook. And then, you know, a lot of people just like to give us a call, uh, 218-393-4962. Jared Houston of Houston Guide Service talking Twin Ports Fishing with us today. Jared, as always, thanks for your time. KJ, you take, take care of those beaver people over there, and everybody have a nice day, and uh, good fishing, everybody. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Bruce Onspot, the Beltrami County Environmental Services Lake AIS Tech, joining me. This is not Beltrami County, but we just heard Starry Stoneworth has, yep. uh, has made itself known in Leech Lake. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something that uh, the Cast Lake crew the, and their uh, AIS, AIS program in Cast Lake has been kind of searching for. Um. And I'm not sure what the steps that led up to this and this, but I know that it was reported by someone to them, and then the DNR and Cass Lake, or Cass Lake, Cass County crew, went out and checked it out and found that it was pretty thick in that harbor. So they're going to want to find out if there's any more. So, and of course, Leech Lake is huge, so they're not going to be out there. I mean, they might check some places. But we need people to go out there and look around while they're doing so they so if you can take the time to learn what Starry Stonework looks like and check around just when you're out recreating or fishing and stuff. It will help out immensely if we find stuff early enough. Because Beltrami County right now we have three infestations that we found relatively early and we're gonna be hand pulling them. Which is right now is the best management practice for small infestations of starry stonework the uh, leech lake one doesn't sound like it's a small infestation though it's pretty thickly in that harbor area so you know you hear about it a lot in harbors and near boat landings which i guess makes perfect sense why that would happen and i know some people say that stuff gets transported by animals but not all stuff gets transported by animals yeah. And then, of course, we find it usually at accesses first because that's where we're looking. And then we check to see if there's anywhere else in the lake. And normally we don't find it anywhere else. But 
like starry stonewort is all digestible. <laughs> if something eats it, it's going to digest. We, there's no seeds. There's no hard parts. It's just all food. Uh, zebra mussels are have been eaten by things, but we find that they get digested. They're not really passing through waterfowl or anything like that. And then, of course, the waterfowl are water-resistant, so villagers aren't going to be getting on them or anything. And we did have a picture of a bald eagle once that was carrying what we like to say is Eurasian one of milfoil with zebra mussels on it. <laughs> we couldn't ID it, but, you know, when we look at the picture, we go, yeah, it's Eurasian one of milfoil with zebra mussels on it. But that bald eagle is going to its nest, and it's lying in its nest with vegetation. So it's not bringing it to another water body. So uh, animals have the ability to transport some things, but they don't transport it long distances. Uh, they transport it maybe across the road or something like that. So like Pamoosh Lake didn't get infested by animals. It, it was someone that brought it up there. And either they didn't know they were bringing it up there, didn't follow the, the correct procedures or anything, or... No, maybe there. I've seen some people that just don't seem to get do it right. Actually, saw someone. I was pulling into uh, Gull Lake Access when I was pulling in. Someone was pulling out, and wrapped around their prop was a bunch of plants. Mm. So that's. I don't know where they were going, and I, I'm not a police officer, so I'm not going to stop pull them over. Starry Stonewort and Starry tr uh, Trek. When is that coming up? That is the online registration is now. Uh, so you can go just do a search for Starry Trek, Minnesota, and you will find the online reservation or reservation. Registration. Uh, registrations. Man, tough day today. <laughs> and there's, they're all over the state. Uh, so you can find them anywhere. I'm doing mine up at Big Turtle. Now, is there a particular it's, reason why you're doing Big Turtle? Well, Big Turtle has uh, – that way I can show – starry stonewort to people gotcha so what we can what we do is you get to learn how to sample an access site so we throw a rake we it's a double-sided rake on a rope we throw it out in the water pull it back and then we id the plants and stuff that we find so at starry trek we teach people this and teach them how to do it and how to take samples and how to fill out the paperwork because <laughs> it's yes. surprising how many times we get stuff and there's you know, hey, I found this. Where? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> mm. So it's uh, so we do the paperwork too, which isn't the fun part. But the uh, other part is that Starry Stonewater is right there. We get to pull some. We get to look at it. You get to see it firsthand. You get to see the star-shaped star -shaped ball bills. And then you will be sent out to other accesses to practice. And then we all meet back up at Big Turtle Access and talk about what we found and Hopefully no one finds anything that's bad, yeah. but, you know, you bring back anything you find that you have questions on, and we go over it and look at it and ID it out in the ID books, and it's actually a pretty neat time. Okay. That is set for Saturday, August 21st, by the way. Uh, well, I know uh, Larissa Donovan, our news director, is down in the past. And yes, yes. She's, uh, yep. she, said it, she said it was pretty cool. Yep. She liked doing it, so. So. Well, and, you know, it's vital we do this stuff because um, you know, it's still... It's still a very low percentage of lakes that, that have AIS it, in them. It is. And it's if you look at them, generally speaking, it's all the busy lakes. It's all the lakes that people, a lot of people go to. So, and it's, it's 
when when I see a new infestation, I'm always thinking, well, this could have been prevented if yeah. just a couple of little steps that people could do. And we're starting to get the tools, more tools out to people for like the, our, our hot water unit. We're finding out that even flushing with new lake water is actually better than nothing. I mean, we prefer hot water. If you can, you know, get some hot water from somewhere and put it in through your live well. Heat a gallon of water up in the sun while you're out fishing. So it it will help immensely. And then just look at your stuff. So still was a little bit disheartening when I saw the people drive out of there with their weeds wrapped around their prop. But hopefully they were going home and going to clean it off. So. Yeah, let's let's hope so. So. You know, I, I do think that uh, most people are pretty serious about our outdoors and our mm-hmm. natural resources who do take part and and yep. do the steps they need to. So let's yeah. just hope more and more do. And and you got to remember, there's a lot of people using the resource. So and it takes more than one person to start a new infestation. So yeah. it has to be a lot of people that do it. So if you're out there and you do your cleaning job and you might miss something once in a while. That's actually not bad. You're you're attempting to do it, you get in the habit of doing it, so it becomes second nature to do it, and it gets easier. And then if you miss one thing one time, that's not bad because if everyone is doing this and they miss something every once in a while, our infestation rates will go down immensely. So, okay. Yeah. Anything else before we wrap it up, Bruce? Just remember to flush. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's our big. That's my biggest thing this year is trying to teach people to flush out their live well and bilges and their water containing parts, even if you don't use it because of that water that comes up the back back flushes basically. So remember what you always told your kids when they were little: Did you flush? Yeah. Ask you yourself <laughs> that question when you leave the lake. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Bruce Hansbach, he's the uh, Beltrami Environmental Services AIS Lake Tech, talking about uh, the new zebra mussel infestation on Big Lake and a few other topics as well. Bruce, mm-hmm. as always, thanks for taking the time today. Okay, thanks for having me. Coming up tomorrow, our Lake of the Week, and we check in with Brad Hawthorne of Hawthorne's Guide Service, talking Malax Lake fishing. Then we wrap up the week with a guy who could dock fishing for hours and hours and hours, and he can catch a few too. Brian Brobrosdahl will get us into the weekend. That's it for now. I'm Kev Jackson. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to the podcast so you can listen whenever it's convenient for you on Podcast One, the Pod MN app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we go fishing. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.